How does Amari Cooper's unknown status affect his ADP? What NFC tight end is in line for a massive bounce back in 2022? And is Joe Mixon being underdrafted at the first second round turn? Plus, the 2021-2022 FFPC Playoff Challenge Divisional Round $100,000 grand prize winner Craig Campbell joins us live to talk about how he constructed his juggernaut, the conundrum that is the San Francisco 49ers backfield, Saquon Barkley's polarizing ADP, and much, much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. I, of course, am your host, Eric Balkman, the one, the only, the somewhat comparable Eric Balkman. Uh, greetings and salutations to all the Balkaholics and Ferelliacs tuning in live here on YouTube, listening around the world. We appreciate that. Watching around the world. I get used to saying watching rather than listening. Uh, it is indeed the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. It's presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is indeed the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. There he is, Farrell. Welcome in, man. How's your Friday going? Oh, it is going well, Balky. This week has been an interesting one of tearing up the road between here in Nashville and here in Indianapolis. And I'm so glad to be in my home and sitting here speaking with you tonight. So where? So how did your combine go? Like, what, what days were you there? Are you going back there at all? I'm going back tomorrow morning, and I've been in and out. I was there a little bit Wednesday and for a moment on Thursday. Did not go today. Um, it's going very well. See some old friends. It's becoming more of a convention and an exchange of ideas and um, just a reuniting amongst people in the business and those that are between jobs and looking to get back in. And yeah, it was a good trip. And of course, Indianapolis this time uh, was not in the, uh, uh, the 15 to 25 degree mark with 30 mile an hour winds. It was, it was very temperate. And so that made for a nice week. Good. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Glad to hear you're going back and maybe we'll get some inside information and we'll we'll get to, to some a little bit of dynasty talk tonight. We'll probably get to some dynasty stuff going forward here in the next month as well. Um, specifically coming up on tonight's show, we're going to analyze the latest news in Dallas about Michael Gallup and, and where he should be targeting Odell Beckham, if at all, in your never too early best ball tournament and KFFSC drafts, plus the $100,000 winner in the 2021-2022 FFPC Divisional Round Challenge. Craig Campbell is going to drop by. Uh, for some discussions involving T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, and Cortland Sutton, and, and much more. Uh, if you want to connect with us on Twitter, uh, the show is at HSFFR. I'm at Eric Balkman. Farrell's Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship is at KFFSC.com, KFFSC on Twitter, at J. Farrell Elliott on Twitter, Facebook.com slash HSFFR is where we reach us. And if you want to give us a, a, an email, shoot it to us at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, all the uh, emails and tweets coming up later on in the fantasy feedback portion of the show. Thanks to my best friend and audio engineer, Bryce, and our producer and mutual friend, Rob. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, do want to remind you that dozens of Dynasty orphans have been posted at myffpc.com slash Dynasty for sale. If you're looking to have a 365-day fantasy football challenge, those start at $77 and going up. In fact, some of them have been discounted all the way down to a dollar. So you can get in on the bottom floor and resurrect the Dynasty team uh, all the way to the top at bargain basement prices. Uh, register for the inaugural Never Too Early FFPC Best Ball Tournament. Win a million dollars in the 2022 FFPC main event. That's at myffpc.com. And then, of course, the segmented, closed, 12-team leagues, all available at myffpc.com. It's sit and goes, lives and slows. Not only is the draft master available at KFFSC, not only can you join uh, the KFFSC main event there, the Combine Classic, Farrell, the Run to Daylight Championship, now available at KFFSC.com. It's off and running with a $5,000 grand prize, which adds up pretty nice to our main event, $25,000 grand prize this year, Bonky. A big jump in that prize. But uh, our 96-man, 96-team uh, league, the Run to Daylight Championship, now in its third year, waiting for players. We'll be getting started in that uh, early April. Yeah, I was going to look. I, I looked. So, yeah, it, you got the Combine Classic going on. Not this Sunday, but a week from this Sunday. And then the run to daylight kicks off April 16th. Um, so this will be very exciting. So, and I'm looking at some of those spots already filling up. So make sure you're getting in at KFFSC.com. Um, Farrell, I, I know we are going to lead off with the Cowboys tonight. 
But some stuff I saw from Ian Rappaport just before he went on the air in regards to Aaron Rodgers going back and forth, apparently, whether he wants to play for the Packers, whether he wants to play for a different team, whether he wants to simply hang it up and retire. Do you have any insight into this? Have you changed? I mean, because I've sort of been like the whole time I thought he was coming back to Green Bay. But the fact that we're this late in the game and he's still hemming and hawing, what do you make of this? Can we read something into this or, or is it just best to let sleeping dogs lie and, and sort of ignore this for right now? This is a story that weaves in and out of every conversation um, in Indianapolis. And early on, Balky, you and I talked about other places he could play. I settled on Denver. I still think it's a likelihood that if he plays anywhere else, that it will be Denver. And what it does for us in fantasy football, when you begin to imagine uh, Aaron Rodgers under quarterback and the Denver Broncos in that division with those receivers and the young running back, plus the veteran running back, Gordon, who may be a free agent but hasn't left yet, the fantasy implications are fantastic. So if he plays for another club, and I know it would break your heart if that would happen, they announced uh, in the media that he was torn. So uh, Aaron is torn, and he he always uh, knows when to drop something at the height of its newsworthiness. So here on Friday night at the Combine, uh, that is the report. He is torn, and I, I think uh, I think it would break a lot of hearts uh, uh, there in Wisconsin and around the football world. But if he leaves, I think it's uh, it's for the Rocky Mountain State. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think it is a two team race. If, if number one, I do I do still think he is going to be coming back to Green Bay. I would if I was drafting right now, which I have. I actually drafted last week in Kentucky. Yes. I would be drafting. Uh, Packers based on Aaron Rodgers coming back because I still think that is the most likely scenario. Um, and I'd be drafting Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. We're going to talk about Cortland Sutton here in a little bit. Um, but I'd be drafting all those Broncos based on Aaron Rodgers not being there. That's the way I, I, I hear it right now. That's the way I feel about it right now. As always, I reserve the right to change my mind. <laughs> Dallas Morning News report had uh, the belief is that impending free agent Michael Gallup is going to re-sign with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, apparently these are mutual feelings between Gallup, his representation and Dallas. And it sounds like Dallas might be ready to uh, cut or, or at least try to trade Amari Cooper before uh, they cut him. Now, Michael Gallup tore his ACL last year, um, but it sounds like he still could play a, a good portion uh, of the season. Um, and we should know, I would imagine within the next couple of weeks here where, you know, Michael Gallup um, is, you know, what his role is going to be in that offense, whether he's going to be a number three, whether he's going to be number two uh, or what have you behind CeeDee Lamb. Currently in the FFPC, never too early best ball tournament. Um, he has an ADP, which shout out to uh, Darren Armani, fantasymojo.com at fantasymojo on Twitter, who gives us all this ADP. Wide receiver 55, Farrell, at the 1302. Massive bargain, in my opinion, right now. Massive, massive bargain. A huge bargain Michael Gallup is, even at that point. When Michael Gallup played a full season, uh, the magic of the of the last year, he played a full season. He's looking at 59 catches over 1,000 yards. What he can do as a developing receiver in that offense, especially if you remove Cooper from it, it's a fantastic opportunity for fantasy players to get a receiver that uh, the his best football, we haven't even began to see it yet. We have not. Sorry about that. I was communicating with the YouTube chat room right now. I'm talking about what Charles Barkley said about Aaron Rodgers. I won't post it in there, but I'll just say Please. Charles Barkley said that um, Aaron Rodgers is sort of like the pretty girlfriend, right? That that needs to be told that that she's so pretty. Yeah. Not four days a week, not five days a week, every, every single day of the every. week. Um, Farrell, you've dated girls like that. I know no. I have as well. You haven't? You've no, never dated a girl like that? I wouldn't know anything about that, Bob. Uh, keep keep it on back from girlfriends back to Dallas here. Um, Dallas Morning News again. Uh, this is this is we're going to get into the uh, Amari Cooper thing. Now. Oh, okay. Um, at the NFL Combine, it would be an upset, according to several sources. This is a, the Dallas Morning News report. If Amari Cooper is actually going to be a Cowboy in 2022, Michael Gelkin had this report. Um, Gelkin, not no stranger to to the NFL. Um, he knows who to talk to. He knows what's real information and he knows how to, you know, who to talk to to get that information. But what we do know of this publicly is this Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones publicly have said on radio airwaves in Dallas that they were less than thrilled 
with Amari Cooper's finish to the season last year. Obviously, um, him being unvaccinated, causing him to to miss a game, that rubs some some people, not everybody in the Dallas organization, uh, the wrong way. Um, he complained about his role in the offense. He has a $20 million salary that becomes fully guaranteed if he's on the roster coming up on March 20th. Now, they could rework that. Um, or they could just say to heck with it, we're moving on and they're going to release him, or they could, they could try to trade him as well. The fact that this report is coming out the same time that the Michael Gallup report is, it seems like the Cowboys have made their choice. They're choosing Gallup coming off the torn ACL over Amari Cooper, who they weren't thrilled with how he finished last season. Now, here's why I bring this up. Amari Cooper was a draft choice that I made in the KFFSC Super Sunday Championship mm-hmm. last Sunday. I chose, I think it was like my number two or number three receiver. I can't remember off offhand, but I remember I felt pretty good about the value there. And the way I looked at it, and right now, by the way, if you look at the number two early best ball um, uh, uh, ADP, uh, he is going currently at, if I just, I apologize, I just had it here. Oh yeah, wide receiver 21 at the 502. Now, when I took him, I was of the belief that he probably will be in Dallas, but I still was comfortable with it because I thought even if Dallas cut him or trade him, he was going to go to a situation um, that uh, a team that would value him and want to use him and, and be willing to pay either the salary he's making now or, or you know, take a chance on him signing him to a long-term extension and make him a focal point of their offense. So for me, this report, yeah, it's interesting for Gallup. I think less interesting for Cooper because I still think he is going to have a pretty good season no matter where he plays. I agree, Bucky. And it's a very cleverly negotiated contract. It's a situation where he can join the free agency pool if everything isn't to his liking in Dallas. And it's a mutual it's it's a mutual separation amongst the front office and the player, I believe. It it's a uh, Cooper then would supplant uh, most of the free agent wide receivers at the top and who amongst the, the, the list is bigger now, but once the franchise tags and the renegotiations are applied, uh, we're now looking at uh, Christian Kirk and uh, Juju Smith-Schuster and, and Amari Cooper becomes the number one um, uh, free agent wide receiver when you consider him there. He's only turning 28 this summer. Uh, a lot of good football in front of Amari Cooper. And Dallas may not be happy with the way he played down the stretch, but uh, I saw a consistent Amari Cooper with what we've seen for years. And there's probably greener pastures for him in the world of fantasy. Your your selection you made uh, in the KFFSC uh, over uh, Super Bowl weekend will prove to be a good one, Bobby. Oh, I love getting the commish stamp of approval. It's what it's all about for me. So I'm thrilled to hear that for sure. They drafted more Amari Cooper shares this year. Um, we talked about Michael Gallup coming off the ACL. Another receiver that is coming off a torn ACL. This one in the Super Bowl is Odell Beckham. Now, Ian Rappaport reported that he is expected to, quote, be ready and able to play at the beginning of November. Now, it's all fine and dandy to say that now, but I guarantee you, well, I shouldn't say guarantee. I have a feeling as we get closer, to mid-October, late October, and we're talking about Beckham, I have a feeling that timeline could be pushed back, which mm. makes me a little bit hesitant to draft Beckham. Now, he again, he's a free agent, so we don't even know if he's going to be back in Los Angeles. You read the tea leaves, it seems like the Rams want him back. Beckham no. wants to be back in, in Los Angeles. He actually turns 30 years old in November. Crazy to think about that, that he's going to be 30 this year. Um, but if you're drafting him in the never-too-early best ball, if you're drafting him in the KFFSC, you're obviously not drafting him for the start of the season. You're drafting him for what he can do in the second half of the season. I remain, even though he was great in Los Angeles, I remain a little bit less convinced of what kind of a weapon he could be when he's missing this much time in the regular season and he's coming off the ACL. Now, if we look at the uh, the ADP right now, Brodo Beckham. I was actually really surprised when I saw this um, a couple of weeks ago. I was I was surprised how high he was going, and um, it, I guess it makes sense if he does come back in November. Wide receiver forty five at ten at the ten oh four, which is where he's going right now. I guess I can see it, but just because I see it doesn't mean I have to get on board with it, and I'm not on board with that ADP, Farrell. Uh, neither am I. However, in, in a recent um, FFPC draft uh, that I'm involved in, he went as late as the 16th or 17th that I was considering nabbing him on the turn, and the guy got him a couple picks in front of me. He is a a fantastic later-round draft pick for best ball. For managed leagues, he should uh, most likely 
remain on the waiver wire and be a player that you can pay the money for with your fab budget as the season moves on. However, if you think you can afford it, he's a great stash uh, for the end of the season. But you know what? Those early weeks, those, those 12 regular season weeks in the FFPC managed leagues and the main event, they go by quickly. And I, I don't want to play against the good players in the FFPC with 19 versus 20. It's a great point. Totally on board with that. The uh, chat room heating up here. Um, uh, Dave the Dizzle Gerzak, who is a notorious Beckham, I wouldn't say he's a Beckham hater, he's never liked Beckham. Mm. Um, that would be a Beckham hater, there, but I don't want it. It's not a hater, he's no, he's not a hater. Dave's not that kind. Maybe he would classify himself as a hater. I don't want to put that moniker on him without he's saying him saying that. But he said, uh, Beckham's had like two good years, and then of course, the non sheeple rankings from at two packer on Twitter, Ron Uh Meyer chiming in that he is a sexy pick in round 15, he is a stone pick any higher so ron meyer likes him in the 15th yeah uh, not in the 10th you're not going to get him in the 15th right now so i, I guess it's a bunch of stones picking him before that all right uh we have craig campbell the hundred thousand dollar winner in the ffpc divisional playoff challenge coming up in one minute the last thing i want to get to before we get to him matt barrows who covers the san francisco 49ers for the athletic i uh, had a george kittle report and in it he said that kittle quote never truly got over the calf issue he had this past year Weeks five through eight, George Kittle was out with a calf injury. And when he came back, had some really good games. Had some real clunkers in there uh, as well. Now, um, when we look at uh, what he did down the stretch, it wasn't that great, even in the playoffs. Um, Barrows says in this in this piece on uh, The Athletic, Kittle was laboring at times, especially at the end of the playoff game in Green Bay. When you have looked at George Kittle, in the FFPC, obviously you want to get an elite tight end early. What's been the big knock on George Kittle? Not necessarily that he doesn't have a great quarterback because he's always played through that. Not necessarily that he that he um, uh, can't get it done after the catch because he, he always does that. Not that he doesn't have bad hands. He catches the ball. It's been injuries. And as Farrell will tell you, the best ability in the NFL is availability. Now, he's going to be 29. Could be Trey Lance, could be Tom Brady throwing him the ball next year, or Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, I don't know. It could be him as well. But Farrell, I, I, I kind of look at this right now. George Kittle, tight end five at the 303 in the FFPC. I think that's kind of a deal right now. And in, in hearing this report about the calf injury, I think if I was drafting in the FFPC, I'd be a little bit more willing to take him as my number one tight end in the early third round. Sure, I would. If Once Andrews has gone off the board, it's Kittle territory. And I think that the player, we talked about his responsibility is as a complete football player. We've done enough of that. His situation uh, is he'll have an offseason to get himself together. He takes care of himself uh, better than most players in the NFL. He'll return. He is uh uh, for the for the guys a little long in the tooth out there, he is the John Wayne of the National Football League. His respect from everybody, players, coaches, fans. Kittle is the kind of guy that you want to have in the locker room, that you want to have on the field. He leads by example. If he can get on the field, he'll do it. And if he can get on the field, chances are he's going to produce well enough for you to do very, very well in the FFPC where you get the one5 points per tight end receptions. Do not sleep or hesitate on Kittle based on what you saw in 2021. 2022 is a new year for a physical machine at the tight end position. This is, and when my KFFSC uh, auction bidding partner, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Kurt Aw sees this or hears this, well, sees it. Um, this will be all the ammo he needs. We're <laughs> going to be bidding heavily once again for like the umpteenth straight year on George Kittle and the KFFSC. Speaking of the KFFSC. We do have a KFFSC player, a K, part of KFFSC royalty, if you will. He He's tonight's guest tonight, uh, ladies and gentlemen. He's been playing high-stakes fantasy football since 2007, primarily in the FFPC and KFFSC, won multiple league titles in the main event in the FFPC and the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, the Terminator FFPC Dynasty Football Guys Players Championship. He got his biggest win of his high-stakes career when he took down the 2021-2022 FFPC Divisional Round Playoff Challenge and the $100,000 that goes with it. Please welcome back onto the show. You follow him at CCampbellFF on Twitter. It is the one, the only, the incomparable Greg Campbell, ladies and gentlemen. $100,000 winner. Congrats on the big win. Welcome to the show, buddy. I don't think he can hear us. We don't have audio for Craig. We don't have audio for Craig. We it's it's so It's so funny because um, – no, hold on. Maybe I have him muted. 
Maybe I'm no. There you go, Walkie. Get no, him in there. No, I don't. I, I think I. We good now? Their Test is, hold on, hold on, Craig. It says your mic is not connected. Are we good now? Connect that mic, Craig. No. Connect that okay. mic. Hold on, hold on. Let's see if we can get it back, Craig. Okay, hold on. We're gonna try to get Craig back. Technical difficulties. Can and, we send uh, Justin McCord over to his place? <laughs> exactly. How close is Justin? Yeah, Justin yeah. can get there. You know, yeah. he's Superman with these type things. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's see if I can get him back right now. There he is again, Craig. Do we got you now? No, no, nothing. I don't know what is going on. It's, I got, and again, we're still, I'm still learning this system as well, but it, it shows it's unmuted. Um, let's see if I can mute it and unmute it. No, nothing. Yeah, it could uh, be on Craig's end. He might have to unmute it himself. Hold on. Yeah. All right. I'm going to, we're, we're, we're going to work on this and mm -hmm. we'll see what, what I can, what I can do here. You work on it a minute and I'll tell everyone who, you know, who's, who's seen the handsome Craig Campbell join the show. And it, it's very impressive now that we've gone on video, Bucky, that, that, you know, we're bringing all the handsome guys on the show. It's a good move. But yeah. Craig Campbell has been a consistent winner uh, in the KFFSC and the FFPC. And, and mm -hmm. he's uh, somewhat of a legendary player uh, in our league. We, we, our mutual friend, Bobby Butterfield, once complained that he ended up in too many Craig Campbell leagues. And now he yeah, I'd be complaining about that as well. He, for sure. he, and finally, you know, he started counting them off and he would come up and he would, he, he would just hold up three fingers. And I knew what he was talking about. He'd point over there at Campbell's seat. And then Sunday rolls around, he comes over and he's doing this. And, you know, it, uh, it, it makes it for a lot of fun. But yeah, Craig is a, a worthy opponent that no one wants at their table. All right, Craig, if you can hear us, try to, Try to close out and and re and re uh res, um like reconnect. I don't I'm running out of ideas here. I'm trying everything I can no, no. and and my apologies, but um I just I cannot cannot get Craig going here um tonight. So Craig, if you can try to um close out the stream, log back in, just check your audio settings, make sure everything is is good with your microphone and your speakers, and then We'll see if we can get Craig back on as well. Bulky, if worse Who's comes been on this worse, show before, by the way. If, 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 if worse comes to worse, he can always try it connecting through his phone. Uh, I phone. believe so. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, maybe. Uh, Craig, if you can do that too, that, that would be good. Craig was actually on this show. I was looking back on it about six and a half years ago. Um, really? Yeah. And, and that was be back more often than that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's, I think he's, I, I, I'd have to go back and look, but I think he's done the road of his, uh, high stakes lowdown with me as well, which by the way, you can check out a new episode of that. We did a video version of that with Todd Burroughs at best ball NFL. Um, that's on the FFPC, um, YouTube page. And of course, anywhere you get your, uh, road of his, uh, podcast as well. We're going to connect back with Craig here. Craig can, uh, can, can oh. we get an, a mic check from you? Oh, no, nothing. Craig, see if you can connect with your phone, um, and 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 we'll see if that works. I, I'm gonna do my best here to 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 get Craig on as soon as we can uh, get him connected online because we do have to figure out how he built this team. I'm always amazed when we have these playoff challenges, um, and we had we've had some ties before, but I'm always amazed at how many um, how many uh, variations, hundred thousand dollars, five hundred thousand dollars we can give away, and there aren't. Uh, yeah, you know, there's one, there's one winner, you know, one Craig was that winner. winner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he submitted five in, in this year's competition. Um, and, uh, and one obviously ended up winning. So we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into a lot of stuff and Craig's an avid, uh, dynasty player as well. In fact, I think he's in a couple of my Kentucky, um, fantasy football dynasty leagues as well. And we'll get his uh, thoughts on, on some dynasty, uh, talk as well. While we are getting Craig connected, Farrell, I let's let's hit up an email right away sure. uh, from John in Howard, Colorado, and he writes, um, "Can you help me out here? Who's the better tight end, Pat Fryermuth or Dalton Schultz?" And I can't remember. I don't think we've had this question before, but I know we've talked a little bit about Fryermuth and Schultz. Fryermuth, obviously, the second year tight end. We don't exactly know who his quarterback's going to be. Right. Dalton Schultz, the free agent, but it sounds like Dallas wants him back as well. They're roughly going in the same spot in, in the um, never-too-early uh, best ball tournament right now, tight end 10, tight end 12, um, in the middle of the eighth round. Do you have a feeling on whether you'd rather, rather get Fryermuth or Schultz? Uh, if you're savvy and on either end, you can get them both. And, and what, you'll need them both in a best ball. But taking a look at the two players, Bucky, I think you summed it up, is we know who the quarterback's going to be in Dallas. We also know that – 
most likely this player will play under the franchise tag. Elite tight ends, like we were just talking about Kittle, there's a $15 million a year player. Um, the, the tag will come in at around 10 or 11 uh, for Dalton Schultz, uh, and they'll continue to negotiate through that tag. And, and Schultz just seems to consistently get better. We just talked about uh, Amari Cooper leaving the club. And when you, I would also add to the fact that the receiver core, if anyone has been watching the combine and watching the performances, you can see that this rookie receiver class is the best in years and they all look ready to play. They look ready to get on the field at elite speed, make the catches and they're, they're very, very polished wide receivers. So perhaps one of those could join the Dallas mix. Uh, Dalton Schultz would become even more relied on. There's a lot of conversation out of Pittsburgh um, that Willis, the quarterback from Liberty, could be a target of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I really like that player, but it is will most likely will be a young quarterback in Pittsburgh. All young quarterbacks, uh, their best friends are the tight end. Uh, Pat Fryermuth goes into his sophomore season. I expect continued um, growth as a player and bigger numbers than his 60 receptions last year and uh, some good share of red zone targets. So both these players are players that you could live with um, through the uh, main event in the FFPC and do very, very well. In best ball, it would be a wonderful strategy to get both of them because uh, I think you're going to need it, especially with the dual flex. Uh, I like heavy tight ends, and these are heavy tight ends in the seventh and eighth round. And uh, I think you'll get more than your money's worth and more than your draft investment with these players. Yeah, you actually could. You could probably get Schultz in the seventh, and then go right back in the early eighth with with Pat mm-hmm. Fryermuth if you wanted to do that. And especially if you wait on tight end, right? And, and to mm-hmm. get you know one or two of those guys, who who do you think has the higher ceiling, Farrell? Does does one of them have a significantly higher ceiling than, than the other? Because others? because of the quarterback, because of the quarterback uh, in Dallas, the ceiling is higher with Schultz. However, Fryermuth, when we get down to the uh, the red zone. Uh, that may the spectrum may shift a little bit, and we can point to Fryermuth because he seems to have a really good penchant at getting open in this offense. And I don't know how much the Pittsburgh offense is going to change, but it's going to look very, very different with the kind of quarterback they have. It's not going to be a new system, a new quarterback, and the way he looks in that system. Um, the uh, chat room, uh, Dizzle is saying that uh, redraft probably Dalton Schultz. Um, he also wants to know another question from the chat room Do Kenny Pickett's four and a half inch hands concern you, Farrell? <laughs> uh, Kenny Pickett, um, Kenny Pickett, very good ball player. Uh, the hand size matters when you're playing outside in the cold and in the wet. So if he's playing for the New Orleans Saints and playing in a Southern division. I don't particularly have any problems with it. Uh, He wouldn't be a good quarterback just from the hand aspect alone uh, in the Northeast or or in Green Bay. Uh, These quarterbacks, uh, they're going to rise to the test uh, of what will make an NFL quarterback. I like some of them more than than others uh, in this group. And one that uh, has been injured that we're not seeing uh, Matt Corral, I probably like him a little more than others. And I like him a little better than Pickett. Uh, it's going to be fascinating to see how these quarterbacks move through this draft process and given the opportunity to play. You know, Balky, last year when we looked at Wilson for the New York Jets, here's a player that threw nine touchdowns, nine touchdowns at 11 picks on the same year uh, or in, in his first season. They won't. Uh, allow that kind of ratio and that kind of lack of production for some of the quarterbacks that are in the draft this year. So Pickett's going to play in this league when he gets his opportunity, he's going to have to bring it. I, um, you know, it's weird because I, I, I do view him as a, um, a first round pick. He's going to go in the first uh-huh. round. Yes, and, will. and then the question to me is, well, okay. Um, how good can he be from a fantasy standpoint? Because you know we don't talk about quarterbacks on the show a whole lot, but um, but you you know for superflex, uh, for the, I mean he will be important, especially mm-hmm. for the dynasty superflex leagues. I mean he is going to be a high draft pick. Um, every time I think of Kenny Pickett, I think of the fake slide um, that that he did at Pittsburgh. <laughs> um, anyway, and that's something that'll we'll probably talk about again. Um, speaking of dynasty, Dizzle wants to know what are our thoughts on Brees Hall who crushed the 40-yard dash 
and the jumps at the combine, you know, the jumps are kind of underrated. And I, I think mm-hmm. the broad jump is something that we should probably be paying a little bit more attention to uh, maybe a less um, attention to the, to the 40, um, 4.39, 40, 40 inch vertical leap, and then a 10, six broad jump. This is a guy who I think was already sort of the consensus number one rookie running back uh, for, for fantasy football. And he's just cementing his status in there at this point right now. If this player played at a marquee SCC school, he would already be going in the first and second round of fantasy drafts. And, you know, the, the Dizzle was one when uh, his group came to Kentucky and drafted. They uh, they spent a lot of time with rookie players, and it's a good good group to invest uh, draft picks in rookie players. Hall is a significant buy right now. Uh, it will be determined as to what team he goes to. Uh, you, you think about this running back for the New York Giants, and you cringe a little bit. And then you think about the Atlanta Falcons, and you say, man, could he join that team and what he could get done on that fast turf. So, you know, landing spot and geography is very, very important for all running backs, but this guy should be successful wherever it is. Absolutely, Absolutely. he will. And he is the running back 22 uh, right now in the never-too-early best ball tournament at the 5-12, so the end of the fifth round is where he is going. Um, that is after you, he's kind of by himself a little bit. I mean, Travis Etienne gets drafted at the five Oh five on average, another guy we didn't really get to see last year at all. Um, and then after that, we, and we have a question about both these guys coming up later on in the program. Maybe we'll get to it right now, actually, since it's a nice flow that way, Leonard Fournette and Michael Carter running back 23 and running back 24. Um, I'm going to try Craig Campbell one time, one more time. I think we might have these, these, uh, uh, audio issues and video issues. We're going to try Please welcome in the $100,000 winner in the uh, FFPC Divisional Round Playoff Challenge, Craig Campbell. Craig, welcome in, buddy. Hello. Can you hear me? <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. There he is. <laughs> Sorry. It's that it's was it's probably it's that was probably my fault. That was probably my computer, so uh, my apologies. Don't worry about it. Uh, a $100,000 heir should never have to apologize on this program. Um, I, I realized this when um, I, probably a couple hours before we went to air. I am outnumbered now on the show. It's two Louisville guys and then a Northeast Wisconsin guy. So repping Louisville, Kentucky tonight hard are Farrell Elliott and Craig Campbell. Um, I actually, I wanted to bring, I wanted to look at some potential U of L guys uh, that could be drafted this year. And this is not a dig. I couldn't find any fantasy worthy ones. So would have been better to have you on pre Lamar Jackson, Devontae Parker, what have you. We'll, we'll, we'll blow past that. Uh, Craig, number one. Congratulations. This is awesome to have you on. Uh, five lineups in the competition. I, I brought this up before. When you were building these multiple lineups with only eight players you know, in a starting lineup in the divisional challenge, how, how did you choose which players to put where? And ultimately, how did you craft the one that ended up winning the 100K? Yeah, so I guess mul- kind of a multiple step process here. So really went through the first off, I guess, went through the player pool and just kind of through each team and just figured out, you know, who are the, who are actually the playable players and not, so I'm not trying to get too cute with going way off the board here, just narrowing down to only the guys that, you know, are the higher project, highest projected players. So for example, from Tennessee, only going to play Derek Henry or, or AJ Brown, not going to go off the way off the board and play Julio or something like that. Um, secondly, so, you know, that already narrows the player pool down quite a, quite a bit with there only being eight teams. Um, next, just going to, um, calculating some ownership projections. And that was really easy just from using the fantasy mojo site. So really wanted to, for each team to have, you know, a mix of some lower owned guys and also some chalky guys just to kind of get some differentiation to hopefully get a unique lineup. So, for this specific lineup, it really just came down to, you know, having that mix of lower own guys and chalk and some chalk in there. And also going through like the playoff bracket in each game to kind of pick the team. So for this specific team, you know, really just started, you know, went through the game, started with that Green Bay, San Francisco game. And for this game really just said, okay, well, I'm going to play a scenario where San Fran is going to win this. So in that scenario, I, said, you know, in a one game in a one game um, scenario, Green Bay can or sorry, Aaron Jones can very easily outscore Devontae at a, at a you know, a lower projected ownership. So went with him um, and then the flip side went with Debo um, just saying, you know, 
on a, you know, for multiple games, Debo is probably going to be the top scoring 49ers. So pencil both of those guys in similar thing for the Tampa Bay, you know, LA game played chalk Cooper cup, uh, just ate the chalk there with, uh, you know, just thinking that they were going to win that game. And then it got a little bit different with uh, Fournette not playing, you know, the previous week, getting him at a, at a lower ownership than uh, both Evans and Gronk coming in, you know, higher than them in the, in the contest. And then going to the, uh, you know, I guess the KC Buffalo game, Kelsey was really the only tight end left I could really play out of the, the ones that are playable with already, um, you know, having picked a Tampa Bay player and a San Fran player. So went with him, went with, with Josh Allen at QB because, you know, there really weren't any other QBs in the Tennessee Cincinnati game I wanted to play. So that kind of was, you know, a no brainer there. So that just left me with the, uh, with two flex spots to fill from that Tampa for, from the Tennessee Cincinnati game. And I just, I wanted to really focus on the wide receivers and not, and only play two running backs. So, you know, went with AJ Brown over Henry for my Tennessee player. And then, you know, it was really uh, a decision between Higgins and Chase uh, for the Cincinnati player, but, you know, Higgins coming in, you know, having coming off that really, really bad game in the wild card round, um, you know, thought I could get him, you know, at a, at a much lower ownership. So decided, you know, to pull the trigger on him and uh, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess it all worked out. Fantastic, Craig, you know, a very logical process that you outlined there much better than my blind ass guess of pick and choose. So obviously I can understand why you're successful at this. And, you know, this, harkens back to my modest days that I spent in law school training is to don't ask a question that you know the answer to. I know the answer to this question. Where did you spend Super Bowl Sunday? And tell us a little bit about it, how you rode the huge win out. I think I could answer this question for you, but I would rather hear it from you. Yep. Yeah. Well, well, for, first, uh, shout out to you, Farrell. I was actually out at the uh, Caesars earlier that day drafting and, uh, the KFFFC. So, uh, that was, a, that was a great time, but I, uh, I actually just, I honestly, I watched the game at home with both uh, with my wife. He's, who's a pretty big Cincinnati Bengals fan. Um, and my two-year-old daughter was also, <laughs> also there witnessing this. Um, so yeah, I guess the, you know, just, just, I guess, few, um, get the, the, get the listeners in on, on, on what the situation was. I basically just needed Higgins to outscore, uh, both Chase and Mixon, we were pretty much t- the other teams had Chase and Mixon, and we were pretty much tied towards the top of the leaderboard. And everyone else had everyone had cups, so he was kind of a non-factor. Um, got that early Higgins TD. Unfortunately, Mixon threw that pass, so I was a little bit uh, tilted by that a little bit. But you know, going into halftime, it was uh, we were basically all tied up. I think they all had about the same number of points. Uh, and the funny thing was, you know, we watched the halftime show. We were up. Um, putting, you know, putting my daughter to bed after the halftime show. And, you know, I didn't even see the, the Higgins, <laughs> the second Higgins touchdown. We were, I figured Whoa. I was going to get back for the, uh, for the, you know, the start of the second half, but uh, you know, uh, you know, walking down the stairs and putting her to bed and I was on commercial break. I checked my phone and I'll, I just have a text from my, uh, from my brother saying, let's fucking go, let's fucking go. And uh, <laughs> I checked my, sorry, sorry, hopefully I can, I, I'm sorry. Hopefully, I I, I, uh, I can curse on the show, but um, show. we'll find <laughs> out. We're gonna find out. It's fine. Okay. Right. Um, but yeah, just check my phone. Check the scores app, and it said 75 yard touchdown for uh, for Jamal. Uh, sorry for T Higgins. So uh, yeah, that was <laughs> that was pretty much it. Just had to sweat it out for the last, I guess, an hour and a half. But uh, yeah, ended up coming through. Well, right. he, I, I got to tell you, if if, if, if Tristan, Craig's brother, Tristan, highly uh, motivated individual. And that would be, you know, any other quote from Tristan would be inauthentic. And and when Craig left me that day at our draft to go home to watch the game, there was something about his demeanor. There was something he wanted to tell me. But but he wouldn't let it out. He was he had this look on his face. I said, "Well, you, you got to go." And he said, "Okay, yeah, I'm gone." And uh, I was so thrilled to get the call on Monday, uh, telling me about the results. So it, it was great. So congratulations, bud. All right. So so Craig, um, question from the chat room here from the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. He wants to know, and I understand you're, you'll probably give us a little coach speak on this answer, considering this helped you win a hundred thousand dollars. 
Was that offensive pass interference on T. Higgins in the Super Bowl? Was that OPI? Did you see that? And you're like, you know what? They're going to call that back. I just know it. What What, what are your thoughts on that? You know, uh, close calls. F- football's, uh, you know, an aggressive game, you know. Uh, you know, calls get missed all the time. Uh, you know, uh, well, yeah, in all honesty, though, yeah, I, yeah, that was definitely a bit lucky. But, you know, I've been on the flip side of that a few times where mm-hmm. the call didn't go my way. So I'll take them. I'll take them where I can get them. I, I always said, you know, and I think I said this uh, um probably about a month or so after I, I, I lost the KFFSC dynasty league on that Najee Harris touchdown um, on Monday night football. And I was kind of upset about it. Uh, but at the same time, I know I've already benefited from stuff like that. I probably will benefit from stuff like that going forward. And I, like I always say, um, Nando DeFino, if you guys know, I know Dizzle knows Nando DeFino um, worked for uh, CBS sports for many years and fantasy uh, was a big wig with the FSGA. He always said, these ways have these things have a way of figuring themselves out after a while. They always seem to even out after a while, which is why I don't get upset about it anymore. Um, and Craig, I know you're not upset about it because you're living in the lap of luxury because of it right now. Um, you kind of already talked about how you put this team together with five entries in this. Did you, and specifically with the one that won, did you ever consider before kickoff of the division round? Maybe I should go a different way here. Um, maybe I should not take AJ Brown. Maybe I should not go with Aaron Jones. Was there any second guessing done on this team that almost proved to be disastrous for you here? Yeah, I, not really. I guess the one thing I will say is that from this, from the, like the Tennessee Cincinnati game, I was typically either, you know, taking a running back and a wide receiver, just saying, okay, I'm either going to take Derrick Henry playing uh, a, t- a Tennessee win and then taking a Cincinnati receiver or vice versa going with Mixon and then with AJ Brown. But um, no, I mean, I guess the, uh, I'd already filled my running back spots with, with Jones and, uh, Fournette. So as really said, I'm playing the wide receivers. I guess it really, really, it really did come down to chase versus Higgins. Um, really glad I went with, with Higgins obviously. <laughs> and, uh, you know, even beyond that, like the, 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 I was up the lineups I were, I was up against, um, I think there was four identical lineups that all had. Identical, identical to mine, except they all had Chase. So, um, you know, if I would have picked Chase, you know, I was really only giving myself a chance to win what twenty thousand dollars. I couldn't actually win the the top prize. So, you know, um, you had eaten the chalk, as you said. exactly, exactly. So I had to, you know, it really came down to I, I think I had to differentiate myself a little bit with uh, on, on this specific team. So I went went with Higgins there. So. Obviously, very glad I did that. <laughs> I will say too, um, in in the FFPC dis, uh, discussion before the Super Bowl, just sort of like an online Slack conversation we're having with with Dave and with Alex and, and Chris Lambert and Mike Petrup and and all of us. And and Alex was the only guy who said when we're talking about well, who are the difference makers going to be? You know, obviously Cup wasn't going to factor in there because everybody had Cup, but mm-hmm. you know, Mixon was brought up, Chase brought up. Alex is the only guy who said. I've, T Higgins could play a factor in, in this game today. And sure enough, he, he absolutely did with you. At least knows. Yeah. Hey, look, okay. Craig Campbell, your victory lap now comes to conclusion. We got to get some real work out of you because we're, we're drafting. You're drafted on Super Bowl Sunday. Balky is drafted. KFFSC is open for business. FFPC I'm drafting on a daily basis in the slow drafts. Elijah Mitchell. I'm targeting him everywhere i love this ball player have drafted him last year uh prior to all the hoopla now he's uh, he's on a roster with debo samuel you mentioned debo samuel as part of your hundred thousand dollar win debo samuel is talked about as a player that's going to usurp some of those carries out of the backfield a backfield that the head coach says he wants carrying the ball 500 times a year so I am going to point out that Debo Samuel, even though it was prolific and even though he didn't get started to half the year in, never in a single game carried the ball for double digits. He was he was prolific with touchdowns, eight rushing touchdowns. But I think you get my drift. What I'm asking you with all those backs out there is Elijah Mitchell, who Balky will give us the mojo's uh, numbers on where he is going, in the draft right now, but is Elijah Mitchell a guy that you're going to target? And can you live with a Samuel Mitchell? Where does Mostert come into the equation, if at all? 
what's your take on these 49ers as we move into 2022? Yeah, I, I think I'm in on Mitchell. Um, I guess from looking at his, his recent ADP, I mean, he's going in the, I believe this almost in the sixth round now. So Mm -hmm. I think he really does fit a, um, like if you want to go wide receiver heavy early, you know, being some, a running back pick you can make after filling up, you know, those wide receiver picks. Um, yeah, and just him specifically, it just seemed like, you know, Shanahan really, <laughs> he really loved the guy. Like, you know, yeah. Sermon didn't even see the field. I think I think uh, Mitchell was, like, banged up or questionable for multiple games, and, like, he just throws him out there and, and gives him all the work. So it seems like he really loves him. And, uh, yeah, I guess the one concern that most are coming back is a little bit of a concern, but that, you know, that guy can't really – can't really seem to stay on the field and you know going to be 30 years old so uh you know i i think uh i, I to me i think mitchell is a good pick in the sixth round it's he's weird t- because if, if you look at his adp in like our like the the 12 team um you know best balls best ball slims what have you the closed leagues he actually is plummeting to well not plummeting but he's going in the late fifth early sixth round but in the never too early best ball tournament he's going almost at that four or five turn and I don't want to say there's sharkier players drafting in the best ball tournament, um, but there's a different type of player drafting in that. So it's interesting that he is, I call it the Bible belt of, of uh, <laughs> draft picks there because it's Ezekiel Elliott, Elijah Mitchell, and then Elijah Moore. So you got a little Bible belt of ease going on in there with the biblical names at the uh, four or five turn. So that's interesting there. Um, okay. Um, another running back, Joe Mixon. We're going to talk about him, uh, number one, here, because you own him on a couple of your Dynasty FFPC squads, uh, Craig. And 201 is where he's going in the never-too-early tournament as running back seven. He's going right after Najee Harris and uh, Dalvin Cook, right in front of Javante Williams, okay, which we'll get back to in a little bit as well. How likely, if you had that 112 pick where you have the 112-201, how likely would you be to use one of those picks on Joe Mixon there? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I haven't done a whole lot of drive. Actually the only draft I've done so far is, is Farrell's draft. So um, I, I haven't been in, in that, in this spot before, but um, I don't know. I, I think he's probably a pretty solid pick there, but I, I probably not going to be targeting him. I, you know, to me, there was just a little bit too much of uh, Samaje P Ryan involvement in the passing game that kind of wore off a little bit once the playoffs started, but uh you know, you you saw the final possession of the uh, the Super Bowl. They had P. Ryan in there. They didn't have Mixon in there. So um, to take a running back that high, I really want him to you know be the true workhorse. And I'm not sure that that's going to be the, the the situation for Mixon. Um, so I'm probably taking you know it's his ADP is probably not too far off from what it should be. But I'm probably going to be taking those guys you mentioned over him, Najee or Dalvin Cook or Javante over him. Hmm, I can see that. You know, here's a receiver that is going way, way down the list. But if what were to happen, what Balky and I started the show talking about is potential landing spots for Aaron Rodgers outside of Green Bay. If Craig Campbell, if Aaron Rodgers was to somehow land in Denver, how high are you going to draft Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton with 58 catches last year? We know he can catch the ball. A paltry two touchdowns. If there's no new quarterback signed in Denver, is is he a guy that you just mark off your list? Um, I don't think so. I yeah, obviously if Rodgers comes to town, uh, yeah, he's going to skyrocket. To me, the offense can't it, it can't be any worse than it was last year. Oh. I guess <laughs> you know, it, it, it just wasn't. You know, it, it was not. Extremely, extremely unfriendly to pass catchers. Just there was no one playable on that team at all through most of the season. So I tend to give give Sutton a pass there. You know, he's shown that he can. You know, obviously he started off the year great. He's had great seasons in the past. So um, yeah, I would I would tend to think he should be a target. And just assuming things turn around at least to a certain degree. I think most people are drafting Sutton based on the thinking that Rodgers will not be there. So the ADP, I think, reflects that wide receiver 43 at the 912. Craig, I'm totally with Craig on this. He is going to go way up if Rodgers does end up in Denver. Guys, let, let, hey, Craig, let me throw this to you. If Rodgers goes to Denver, who is the biggest beneficiary? Is it simply a case of, 
you know, a, a rising tide raises all ships there? Or is there somebody specifically in that Broncos offense, be it Williams or Gordon or Fant or Judy or Hamler or Tim Patrick or uh, Cortland Sutton? Is there any one guy that you think has, you know, benefits most from Rodgers going there? That's a great question. Um, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting for him, for Rodgers to go there because, you know, Rodgers has always been, he's always had his one guy, um, you know, whether it be Devontae or Greg Jennings or uh, Jordy, Jordy Nelson, Nelson in the yeah. past. It's never been this kind of spread out offense where you have multiple, like, great options. So, like, yeah, is he going to pick, like, is Judy going to be the guy and then everyone else kind of get, gets left with scraps? I think it's going to be, that's going to be a really interesting situation. I mean, I would probably say um, Judy would, I don't know. I, I, I'm thinking Judy's probably going to be what the top ADP pick um, out of, out of all those guys and maybe the most likely, but um, I don't know. I, I'm kind of avoiding the question, but I, it, that's, that's tough for me to tough for me to answer. Well, and, and, and maybe, maybe the fact that it is tough to answer Craig, maybe that just means that, there isn't one single beneficiary. Maybe it just means that everybody just gets boosted up a little bit and nobody gets boosted up a lot. Now, if we apply the whole single receiver um, scenario to, to, to Rogers uh, that he's had throughout his career, I think we can probably narrow it down then, especially because, well, I mean, he had the one year with Jermichael Finley that, that was pretty good, but he's typically over the course, the breadth of his career, never really focused on the tight end. You could make the case he's never really had a stud tight end to throw to either. And and maybe Noah Fant would represent the best tight end he's ever had. So I guess we don't know exactly. But we go by the one receiver scenario. It's either Sutton or Judy. And you could probably not bump up Patrick and Hamler and those running backs up your draft boards too much. Sutton and Judy would be the guys to go with there. Let's get to a couple of emails here we have for you, Craig. The first one comes from Dylan in Charlotte. Um, hi, Craig. How do you feel about Saquon Barkley in the early third round this season? Nice work in the playoff challenge. That is Dylan in Charlotte. We've heard a lot of news about Saquon Barkley lately, um, about um, how he could be traded. The, the new GM there said that he wouldn't rule that out. Um, and man, we, you know, we saw so much talent with him coming in from Penn State. And then obviously the injury was devastating and, and, you know, playing in that giant steam has been kind of devastating as well, but now he's not a first round pick. Now he's an early third round pick. Craig Campbell, what do you do with Saquon Barkley in the early third? Uh, yeah, I mean, that sounds like a gamble I'd probably want to make at that point. I mean, the guy, you know, obviously coming off some injuries some some, some bad seasons, but, um, you know, when he's healthy, I, I think he's still a top back in the league. And he's also, you know, obviously has the the receiving skills that you want to have. Um, so I don't know. I, I haven't put a lot of thought to that one. But, uh, yeah, I think I'd still be a buyer at that price. Farrell, I'm you, gonna, go ahead, Farrell. I'm going to go back to the victory lab, Balky, unless you have a follow-up there. I was going to ask you if you'd be wanting to be in business with Barkley in the early third. Me? Uh, no. No, I don't no. think so. But, so you know, Craig Campbell said yes, so now I'm going to reevaluate. Well, remember, I'm Craig, Campbell has, Craig Campbell, Craig Campbell has $100,000 that he can take re that I, I reevaluate based on what I hear on the show, Balky. So yeah. I'm going to go back and study that. I was I was already moving off Saquon, and I'm going to go back to the victory lap because I'm, I'm not finished with talking about Craig and winning the $100,000 and what a great player he is. And, I, you know, T. Higgins, Craig. Let's, you know, Alex was correct. Alex K. He can always – give you the, the the player that you, you know, you, you and Alex got to get you guys in the same room. So Higgins, he's going in the middle of the third round. Uh, is that a little high for either the contest that the, 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 the slim contest, the best ball slims, um, the current redrafts, it feels high to me. Um, your thoughts. Yeah, it's kind of a unique situation. Like, I think I think he's a rock-solid pick there. I, I guess a, a, a floor pick, I guess, because, you know, he's got a really solid situation there, but he has obviously has Chase in front of him. You're never going to get – and with a, without an injury, you're not going to get this, like, kind of Cooper Cup sort of ascension from the third round to being a first-round pick. But at the same time, like, you look at the receivers that are going around him, like DK Metcalf and Keenan Allen – DeAndre Hopkins, they all have a lot of red flags on them, either by getting older or QB concerns. 
And, you know, Higgins, you know, doesn't really have any of that. He has very good situation, still an ascending player going only into his third year. So, you know, I, I, it's tough. I think I would take DK Metcalf over, over uh, T Higgins, just because I think he can like that. He has that offer that, that potential of going, becoming like a first round pick and being the alpha there. But um, you know, if you're looking for a safe pick, I think he's the one you want from that, from those, that, from that group. Um, I'm going to throw it back as, as uh, our, our good friend, Cecil Lammy from uh, the football guys, audible podcast says it is a Bronco show tonight. We've been kind of a Bronco show as well. We're going to keep it on that uh, with a Javante Williams question from Mike and Roswell, Georgia. What's up, Craig? If the Broncos are going to bring back Melvin Gordon this year, does that take enough of the shine off uh, Javante Williams that you'll look for someone else at his ADP? We already mentioned it, by the way, thank you for the email. We already mentioned his ADP earlier um, in the program to remind everybody, Javante Williams is currently the running back eight, and he is going at the 203. The Broncos have already said that they'd like to bring Melvin Gordon back to 2022. You could also look at this the flip side and say, well, the fact that Gordon's there, maybe that keeps Javante Williams healthy and on the field longer. A lot of different ways to look at this, uh, Craig. How do you see Javante Williams with Melvin Gordon this year? Is he a guy that you want to target in the early second? Yeah, I mean, I think if if they bring back Melvin, I have to think his ADP drops uh, a good, a, at least, a, I don't know, around maybe. I, I'm not sure. Like, uh, that seems like, it seemed like last year everyone was kind of waiting for Javante Williams to be the guy, but that just never happened. They never, never seemed like they wanted to just make him the guy. It was always, you know, a split backfield. So, um, yeah, I, I think I would have to pass it at that high ADP if they bring Melvin back. But uh, at the same time, you know, he's you know obviously an ascending player. Melvin is uh, is you know probably trending towards less work. But I probably not ascending, have to, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I'd probably have to knock him down a li- a little bit if they decided to do that. Craig Farrell has one last question, but before we get to that, I have one last question for mm. you: hundred thousand um, dollars it's a large chunk of change. And one of my favorite questions to ask on the show, and we get these big six figure winners on, what are you going to do with the cash? Do you have any plans? Are you just simply investing it? Are you going to maybe expand your territory a little bit this year with fantasy football? What are, what are your thoughts? Yes, we know Farrell. What, what are your thoughts on, on uh, your plans to do uh, with, uh, what are your plans with all that cash? Yep. Yep. So, um, I guess I was already kind of remodeling a room in my basement into uh, oh, there it is, there it is, uh, into a uh, a workout room. So reflooring it, getting a bunch of new uh, workout equipment, maybe putting like a sauna in there, or something oh, like boy. that. Just really, just really uh, doing it big. Um, I wasn't going to do it that big before before this, but uh, now that I have this extra extra change, I'll, I'll probably. Uh, make it like super nice, I guess. Um, and then obviously, obviously going to Vegas for, uh, FFPC Ah. in September, going to play some nice golf courses out there. Nice restaurants, probably gamble entirely too much. Uh, and yeah, just do a big weekend. That's fantastic. Do you notice how the Kentucky players refer to a hundred thousand dollars bulky as a nice piece of change? Did oh, you yeah. just you just love that that expectation of of success. Hey, you know we do have nothing but high expectations for you, Craig Campbell. What is a player in the draft boards on the draft boards? A player that we haven't talked about yet tonight, but we should be talking about him because he is a great selection at this point. And then, is there anyone that you are just avoiding like the plague? as you roll into these uh, springtime drafts in the KFFSC and FFPC. Yeah. So I was like, I, I was taking a look at the ADPs before answering this question. And I saw like two guys that I wanted to compare both going at the top of the sixth round. You got Hunter Renfro Mm -hmm. and Michael Pittman. And if you're giving me that choice, I'm taking Pittman a hundred times out of a hundred over Renfro. Um, you know, it feels like Renfro, you're you're just going for the floor play there. There's not too much upside with him. Um, you know, likely had his best season. I think Waller coming back is is likely going to take a lot of his volume away. And then, you know, Pittman going at exactly, you know, 
basically the same spot from what I looked at. Um, you know, I, I think he has a lot more upside with the same sort of floor, um, ascending again, I keep saying that ascending player in the, uh, in that offense that could turn into something of maybe like a Keenan Allen type player, um, in that offense, you know, and, and, you know, if they, if they start maybe going a little less run first, you're looking at a lot more volume and uh, maybe some more touchdowns. If, uh, Jonathan Taylor decides to, to give anything to, uh, to Pittman, but, uh, yeah, that's just uh, yeah, kind of a ADP comparison. I thought that was interesting just from looking at it. Let me let me follow that up, Craig. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like um, when you say Pittman over Renfro, there, you don't seem concerned about the, either Carson Wentz or whoever the quarterback is going to be in Indianapolis. Why do you it does do you think that Pittman's just the type of receiver that you know is going to be a PPR guy? He's going to get a lot of a big target share in that offense regardless of the quarterback. So is that why the Wentz thing doesn't affect you at all there? Yeah, it's obviously a risk, but, you know, um, I just think, you know, I think Pittman's is is a really good player, and they don't really have a whole lot of comp- target competition with, you know, Hilton aging out, and um, I can't even Perry, really think of anyone else. Paris Campbell already hurt, probably. Yeah. I, I'm just guessing. <laughs> yeah, so – I don't know. You know, I, 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 just, I guess I want to say that they'll figure it out. They'll be able to support um, at least a, their number one receiver, regardless of who the quarterback is. Um, but, you know, obviously, hopefully it doesn't turn into a Broncos situation. Oh. Makes sense to me, man. Uh, Craig, listen, so awesome uh, to, to, to have you on to, to talk about this big six-figure grand prize. Um, congratulations. Um, by the way, the Dizzle chiming in from the chat room, he says – Get a uh, Peloton bike plus, and I know he loves his Pelotons, mm-hmm. but, he, but get the Peloton bike plus, put it in that workout room. You get the sauna right in there as well, and, and you'll be all set. You'll, you'll, um, you'll be wowing everybody every time uh, you step out of, uh, out of your workout room. Uh, when we see you at uh, KFFSC in uh, Louisville, when we see you at uh, Las Vegas at the FFPC, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Congratulations again. Thank you for carving out time. Uh, on your Friday night for us. We certainly appreciate it. Don't be a stranger, and we'll talk to you soon. Yep. Thanks, Balky. Thanks, Barrel. Talk See to you guys later. Craig Campbell, ladies and gentlemen, the winner. $100,000 grand prize. By the way, um, so a bit of um, housekeeping here, and I know we're over the hour, and I do apologize. Um, Connor O'Driscoll was going to be our guest um, today. Um, he actually messaged me yesterday. He's pretty under the weather. And he said he wouldn't have the voice to do the show. So we rescheduled him. Um, and I, I was like, man, we need a guest. And it's Thursday night. I'm putting my kids to bed. I shot an email to Craig. I'm like, hey, man, I was I wanted to have you on anyway because you won this 100K. But could, I know short notice. Could you do the show tomorrow? Four minutes later, I get an email. Hey, oh. I'd love to. Happy to happy to hop, hop on. It's, it's, it's the Louisville royalty. It's the <laughs> KFFSC royalty that that is that is so great. We love showcasing it on this program. Uh, each and every week whenever we can um so with apologies to all our emailers i promise you we will we will get to you next week if you're drafting right now uh go with your gut as i always say uh feral uh great having you on follow you on twitter at j feral elliott at kffsc and check out the kentucky fantasy football state championship at kffsc.com right now the draft masters are going on the Combine Classic is about eight days away, I think. So make sure you're registering for that. And then, of course, um, we're about six weeks away, as we uh, said, to the Run to Daylight Sweet 16 Championship. That's coming up as well. Can't wait for that. And um, I know you got a busy weekend. you got to get back to Indy. So thank you so much for joining us, and, and we'll do this again next Friday, dude. I'll see you then, Buck. Thank you. Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, the commissioner, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football uh, joining me on the program tonight. And now we're Louisville-less uh, <clears throat> for the remainder of the program tonight as I close things out. I want to thank Craig Campbell, uh, Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob, Bryce, and of course, each and every one of you uh, for watching uh, tonight or streaming it later, what have you. Uh, as I mentioned, we will be back next Friday at 10, 9 Central, the 2021 FFPC Best Ball Tournament 100K champ, Connor O'Driscoll, as long as he's healthy, will be joining us on this program uh, next week. So can't wait to talk to him. Um, And as a reminder, to tide you over until we wow you again with this great YouTube channel, dozens of Dynasty orphans available, myffpc.com slash Dynasty for sale. A lot of good deals on those. Make sure you're scooping those up 
Uh, they are going fast. Uh, so make sure that you're getting those uh, for sure. Um, the uh, inaugural never too early best ball tournament that is filling up fast as well. We have drafts going on with the 32nd clock, the 62nd clock, two hour clock and six hour clock as well. So something for everybody there. It is a best ball slim format expanded to 20 rounds this year, as opposed to 18. Um, that affects a lot of people. And, and um, if you want to know how that's affecting uh, high volume drafters like Todd Burrows at best ball NFL, rotaviz.com slash podcast is where to check him out. You can also stay on this YouTube channel. His video podcast with me, the high stakes lowdown is up on there right now. You can watch that. A lot of great stuff on the advance rates for the best ball tournament last year. And remember Todd made it to championship week. He was one of the championship 12 um, came up a little bit short, but it is a one week championship. So anything can happen. Uh, so make sure you're checking that out. Um, the slow live sit and go drafts with the closed 12 team leagues, with the Terminator format, the Varsity format, VPs, um, Slims, regular 28-round uh, uh, best balls, uh, all available at myffpc.com. The Run to Daylight, as I pointed out, kffsc.com, that's open right now. And don't forget to register for a million bucks um, in the uh, FFPC main event this year. You can win that. We're going to have an FFPC millionaire coming up in uh, early January. That's going to be exciting as well. Um the last thing I will say before I sign off tonight, my kids love YouTube, uh, the YouTube kids. I don't let them on the regular YouTube. Um, but I told them that, you know, dad's Friday night show um, is now on YouTube and they're thrilled. They love it. And and I said that I would give them a shout out tonight uh, before I sign off. Uh, they'll want to watch this portion of it tomorrow. So my son just wanted to, to say for me to say hi, Lucas. So hello, Lucas. And then my uh, daughter wanted me to say hello, Emma. So hello, Emma. And she also wanted to give out uh, a shout out to her pet hamster, Nugget the Great. So hello, Nugget the Great. And that will conclude our broadcast tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching.